and welcome to the Booby Knit Podcast, where we lift the lid on breastfeeding and tell you what it's really like. I'm your host, Ruth, founder of the online breastfeeding magazine, boobingit.com, and proud mama of two. On each episode, I'll be joined by a special guest to have meaningful conversations about breastfeeding and digging deep on those issues and topics that matter most to you. So let's get on with the show. I'm delighted to let you know that our sponsors of the Boobing It podcast this week are Pipetta. They are an award-winning breastfeeding brand offering a selection of breast pumps and weaning products. The Pipetta wearable breast pump won Best Buy Breast Pump 2022 and 2023. It's a revolutionary breast pump that is praised for its affordability and ability to give pumping mamas the flexibility to express milk on the move. You can find out more about Pipetta, their breast pumps and other products on pipetta.com. Today, I'm joined by Professor Sarah Jewell from the University of Reading in the UK. Sarah is going to talk to us about the infant feeding project she is currently working on. This is a three-year project, which is investigating maternal well-being, infant feeding and return to work decision. It is a project funded by the Nuffield Foundation and at the heart of the study is an exploration of the well-being opportunities and experiences of new mothers who want to continue to breastfeed upon return to paid work. The project is focused on investigating the lived realities of return to ped work on the decision making and well-being of the particular group of working mothers. I'm really looking forward to talking to Sarah in more detail about this project and why it's so important. Welcome, Sarah. Perhaps you could start by telling us a bit more about yourself and what it was that led you to running this important project on maternal well-being, infant feeding and returning to work. Thank you very much, Ruth, for inviting me onto your podcast. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to be here. Uh, So just quickly, in my day job, um, I'm a lecturer in economics uh, and also uh, an active researcher, and I'm very, very interested in gender inequality uh, in the labour market. So how did this project came about? Uh, So uh, a colleague and myself uh, went on maternity leave um, at a similar time back in uh, 2020. Uh, So I was a first-time mum very interested in finding as much as I can about breastfeeding. I got quite frustrated that I had a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, So I was discussing with my colleague and we said, okay, when we come up from maternity leave, we're going to do our own research on breastfeeding. Uh, So while we were on um, leave, uh, we were, so we, we gave birth during, both of us gave birth during lockdown. So we spent a lot of time on, uh, in online breastfeeding support groups. Uh, and one thing we noticed is there was a lot of questions about, okay, I'm returning to work. Do I have to give up breastfeeding? Uh, what are my rights? How on earth do I raise this with my uh, line manager? A lot of anxiety about what happens if my child won't take a bottle? Uh, so we thought, okay, this is clearly uh, a really important issue that's not very well uh, understood. Um, and it was very, very clear that there was a lot of stress uh, and anxiety. Uh, so we decided, well, as ac- academics do, that well, we'd go and find out about the topic ourselves. Uh, so we were really lucky to get funding for the project for from the Nuffield Foundation, Uh, which I actually applied for whilst I was on maternity leave. Um, But that's basically uh, where where the project uh, sort of sprang from. Well, I love the fact that it was inspired very much from your own experience of Mm -hmm. being a new mum and being a new mum in lockdown, which, you know, as we all know now, was one of the most difficult periods 
and extremely difficult, especially as a first time mom yeah. with no face to face support. And you talked about being mm-hmm. on those on, uh, online breastfeeding support groups and things. And thank goodness some of them were, were happening and running. Nothing compares yeah. to the face to face support you can get for breastfeeding, mm-hmm. but still, at least it was something. And so interesting then that it was that that got you thinking about, OK, more needs to be looked at here, because as you say, so many people have questions about returning to work. It's quite scary how so few people know about their rights. And um, and then it's not until they're thinking about the end of maternity leave and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Um, I'm breastfeeding my baby. Like for me, I remember I was going to be starting a brand new job after my maternity leave because my previous job, the business had gone, you know, had went out of business, basically. And I had to start a new job. And you know, my baby was like nine months old at the time, still breastfeeding, never mm-hmm. had taken a bottle. I, I wasn't really able to pump very much. And all of a sudden I had to start thinking about all this sort of thing that wasn't part of my breastfeeding journey. And I think that a lot of people that will, you know, resonate with because breastfeeding for many of us, it doesn't involve pumping and expressing. And it's not until yeah. we return to work that we start thinking about that. But anyway, more on that later. We, you know, it to- I can totally relate to, um, you know, that feeling of, you know, the, the thought of returning to work and it being so daunting for a lot of mothers. And we hear a lot about how some mothers feel well supported upon their return to work, but there's many that don't. They don't feel well supported. They don't feel listened to. And they're worried that there won't be the right facilities, that there won't be, they won't be given time to pump, et cetera, et cetera. From your point of view, why is it important that a project like this is undertaken? Uh, so for, for the specific group of mothers uh, who would like to continue breastfeeding and the project's very clear we're, we're not making any judgment it's about really understanding that lived experience uh, one potential barrier uh, to the breastfeeding journey or continuing to breastfeed is return to work uh, and in, anecdotally some women don't even know that they can continue uh, when they return to work and they don't have to give up if they don't want to uh, and Um, Professor Amy Brown, who's done a lot of work uh, on breastfeeding, uh, she, some of her research has looked at the impact on women when they don't meet their breastfeeding goals. So when they can't feed uh, in the way that they'd like for as long as they like or their child uh, would like, uh, then this can have quite a big impact on their well-being, uh, which she calls uh, breastfeeding uh, grief. Uh, So we feel uh, that often, you know, on the policy advice side, there tends to be that focus on the practical element. Uh, and not much is sort of spoken about about the very emotional uh, side of things. Uh, so we're obviously very interested in that decision between uh, infant feeding, return to work, but also we're really keen on understanding the resulting impact on uh, maternal well-being. Because generally, um, I think there really is a lack of understanding uh, in the workplace and it's not really something that's often uh, discussed uh, in the workplace or at least in, in my experience and um, also it's it's not just a case of one size fits all um, it, it, you know often there's this view you know all you need to do is provide somewhere for mothers to be able to express milk and job done uh, but there's a lot more to it and of course it's everybody's experience is going to vary according you know to how old their child is when they return uh, you know what their job is you know, how easy it is to, you know, pop off and have a break, um, you know, whether they've got to travel overnight. Uh, there's all sorts of, you know, sort of considerations, um, you know, the more 
uh, um, sort of delve into some of the um, results that we're starting to get, you know, it, clear, it becomes very clear that it's a very complex uh, issue. Uh, so what we really want to do is to get to the heart of the issues, uh, to understand that lived experience. Um, ultimately, what we'd like to do is prove the working lives and well-being, you know, for what? Well, from others in general, but particularly for those who might face the difficulties of juggling returning to work and, you know, continuing to breastfeed, or at least, you know, meeting their breastfeeding goals. And from what I understand, you know, you, you're well into the study now. You've been surveying mothers um, and you're surveying mothers who've given birth since January 2017, so relatively recently. And um, What are the, some of the key or recurring messages you've seen come through yeah. from these parents and and their experiences of returning to work whilst breastfeeding? Yeah, so with, we're still relatively early on in analysing the data because we've actually got a real wealth of information, uh, which is which is fantastic. We had a you know fantastic response to the survey, and I'm actually just reopened it again in case there's anybody out there that's still wanting you know to share share their experience. Uh, but there are you know just the initial look. There are some clear interesting results uh, coming through. Uh, so, I mean, the first thing, you know, that's very clear is there's a wide variety of experiences. And again, you know, th to some extent, this does depend on how old uh, the child is uh, when they return to work. And I guess that's an, that's a part of the story is not just about returning to work, but also allowing women to return to work when they're ready. Because a lot of the women, uh, you know, the majority of the women in the survey, they mention that they return to work for financial reasons. Not necessarily. I mean, there's a variety of reasons, but the majority, the most common reason, uh, is for financial uh, reasons. Uh, so there is often a conflict uh, between um, infant feeding decisions and return to work. You know, I'm an economist. Uh, we think about primary sources. You know, both of them uh, take take time. Uh, and 26% of our respondents said that they did feel uh, some conflict. So it, it is clearly an issue uh, that is important, in, in, you know, to a reasonable number of women. Uh, so uh, you sort of mentioned, you know, a lot of women, you know, are supported. Um, and whilst, you know, quite a you know, reasonable number of women did feel they were supported by the employer and they were able uh, to make adjustments, there was a, there, there are a clear group of women who feel unsupported. And there were actually some very, you know, almost horrifying um, experiences. Uh, so 27% of our sample uh, who had said that they'd expressed at work had expressed in the toilets. Um, and I've heard this, you know, from other studies as well. Um, and, you know, some said they were breastfeeding in their car or um, in a locked cupboards, uh, you know, finding places, uh, which, is, which is, you know, a real shame. Uh, there were actually four respondents who actually said they breastfed their child in the toilet, uh, which, you know, really horrified me. Um, and of those who had said that they expressed uh, milk at work, only 19% said there was a dedicated room for them to do so. Um, and um, I think what was quite, um, you, know, high, you know, something very, that was particularly on the employer side, so something quite illuminating was 78% of those who had uh, returned to work or who were returned to work said that either their employers did not have a breastfeeding policy or they weren't aware of anything. Uh, so clearly uh, there's a lot of work to be done uh, on the employer side. 
But also another thing that's strongly coming out is, is the range of emotions. Uh, so, yeah, some people had a really positive experience, which is fantastic. You know, we want to hear about all experiences, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, but the, there was, unfortunately, a lot of negative emotions that were reported um, about people returning to work and having to make adjustments to the way their child was fed, um, disappointment, guilt, sadness, worry, anxiety, uh, conflict. These are, you know, common um, terms that were coming out. Uh, and in particular, for the group of women uh, who hadn't yet returned to work, um, there was, an, and had said that they wanted to continue to breastfeed, there was a very, very clear um, stress and anxiety uh, about returning to work, worrying about how their child would adjust. Again, this, you know, what happens if my child doesn't take a, take a bottle? Uh, what, and many of those who had returned to work actually reported, you know, they had the anxiety, uh, but the child adjusted, you know, even if they didn't take a bottle, uh, you know, they drank a cup, um, they adjusted at nursery. Uh, but when you're faced with that decision, uh, you know, you, you're not, you're not going to be able to envisage, you know, your, 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 your child, you know, adjusting, you know, you, people can reassure you, uh, but you know, it's a very, very uh, sort of stressful, um, anxious time. And I think, you know, that suggests that there really is a need for that support, you know, in the run up to return to work, not just when you return to work, um, whether that's, you know, on the part of the employers or those that support breastfeeding. Um, so I think that's, you know, one of the clear sort of parts that are already coming out of the study. I wanted to take a little break in this episode to tell you more about our sponsors, Pipetta. In addition to their award-winning breast pumps and weaning products, Pipetta recently launched a brand new product called Nip Cups. The Pipetta Silver Nip Cups help care for sore nipples whilst breastfeeding, a very common issue experienced by new mamas when they are learning to breastfeed their little one. The Nip Cups are 100% silver and have all the natural healing, antiseptic and antibacterial properties of silver. They can prevent the appearance of sore cracked nipples and aid healing. You can find out more about Pipetta and their breastfeeding products on pipetta.com. How amazing would it be for mothers upon returning to work are just yeah. given the breastfeeding policy, they're told how they'll be supported, they'll t they're told what facilities there are for them. And that would just, if we all had that, we would, we would just eliminate that anxiety. It's hard enough to return to yeah. work after maternity leave when you've been in a bit of a bubble with your baby, you and your baby, and all of a sudden you have to think of all these different things to make it work, as you say. And, um, you know, it's a big enough adjustment, but when you're breastfeeding as well, and you have to think of the logistics of pumping and providing your child with express milk when they go to nursery or what are they going to do? Um, but to know that your employer has a policy in place, you don't yeah. even need to ask for it. If it's the yeah. uncomfortable situation of, you know, how do I ask my employer if they have a breastfeeding policy? It should just be something that's required. Oh, yeah. So I'm interested. To, I know that part of your study is also going to be about speaking with employers. Um, how are you hoping this will then, you know, the outcome of this study will better improve workplace practice and policies with supporting breastfeeding mothers at work? Yeah, so I think the employer perspective is a really, really important part of the project um and, and you talked about you know it wouldn't be great to have a breastfeeding 
uh, policy. And I think even when there are these policies, uh, you know, the women have talked about in a survey how, yes, there was a breastfeeding room, but I had no idea how to access it. I couldn't find the key or I didn't know who uh, who to talk to. So even, you know, when they put these things in place, uh, you know, the actual execution uh, needs need some more thought. Uh, so part of what we want to do with the employer side, and actually more generally, you know, with the, the general public, is just to raise awareness the topic it's not something i thought about until i was it was in that position uh you know as mentioned you know it's not something that is spoken about um, to, um in in the workplace um and you know it's clear that many women feel you know uncomfortable and not, just don't know how to approach the subject uh with their line managers and as you said you know wouldn't it be great to just <laughs> all of that stress taken away uh and then uh, and again it's, it's a personal decision um and you know, you shouldn't have to go and say, "Oh, I'm, I'm breastfeeding." Um, uh, how, how can how can what do I need to do at work? You know, all that out of your hand would be great. So, so on the sort of legal side, uh, there are some legal requirements, uh, but I think they're, they're quite limited, um, and, and I think it's clear that they're not really being adhered to. Uh, so, for those people not familiar uh, with with the requirements, the health and uh, safety uh, executive uh, state that pregnant and breastfeeding employees are entitled to having more frequent breaks. Nothing about whether these should be paid. Uh, and empl employers must uh, provide employees somewhere suitable to rest. They then move on to give, um, they then use on, uh, talk about the area, um, but then they use the term should, which then implies to me that this is Strongly recommended, but not a legal requirement. So they state this should be hygienic, private, have somewhere where you can store uh, express milk uh, should they need to. And uh, there should be so such as a fridge. They also clearly state that toilets are not a suitable place. But clearly, um, yeah, you know, there's, many women are still finding themselves having to um, express uh, in the toilets. Employers are also um, required to consider risks to breastfeeding employees um, and, and their children uh, through individual risk assessments. Uh, but actually, we asked about this in the survey, but only 24% of those mothers who had returned to work uh, who were still breastfeeding actually received uh, a risk assessment. Again, there is a question mark on how, A, whether employers are actually aware these um, legal requirements and, and guidance uh, and actually to what extent they've been adhered to. Uh, but also what is really important from the employer side um, is to, you know, uh, to really understand their perspective because, you know, they're going to be faced with their own constraints too. Um, and one size is not going to fit all. You know, it's going to be much easier to accommodate, you know, breaks or, you know, some, some um, workplaces have nurseries you know, and um, I know, you know, I know colleagues who are able to pop off and actually go and breastfeed their child, uh, which is absolutely a fantastic, um, you know, really, really helps those women. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> this is going to be, you know, for the privileged few. Uh, so it's going to be much easier to accommodate breastfeeding, you know, when it's easy to take breaks uh, when needed, you know, when people can work from home or, you know, th th there's a degree of flexibility allowed. 
where there's jobs, you know, where maybe you need to deal with clients, you need to be on the shop floor, or that, you know, that involves overnight travel, then it's going to be uh, much harder. Uh, so I think ultimately what we want to do is we want to, you know, provide recommendations for workplace policy uh, and work. Uh, but also what we'd like to do uh, is actually work with some employers. We'd love to do some um, employer case studies. Uh, you know, either those employers who have already got a breastfeeding policy, have put things in place just to understand what works, doesn't work. But also we'd love to work with some employers, you know, who are thinking about putting in breastfeeding policy because essentially we'd love to try and put some of our findings you know uh in, into practice that would be fantastic and also just for employers to know what they will benefit from by being supportive of um you know their yeah. their employees coming back to work and being breastfeeding mothers rather than seeing it as something that's a bit of a an annoyance yeah. or a hindrance you know the amazing benefits that come with that because um you know we hear that you know as if you're well supported when you go back to work as a breastfeeding mother you're more likely to stay with that company you're more likely mm. to be loyal to them and also we know that breastfeeding is amazing has amazing health benefits for babies and they're less you know they're they've got they're less likely to get sick and things like that so that's the again we're thinking about yeah. the parents not having to take time off to look after sick children yeah. and there's just so many benefits to supporting uh, breastfeeding parents on their return to work and it would be amazing to see employers as you say you know come and support and see what what how they can improve yeah. their practices to support that um and certainly you talked there about um you know there's nothing really written in law about how these employers should operate it's very much mm -hmm. like you should offer this and you should do this but it's really up to up to them yeah. and certainly we're seeing we we had um we had a teacher and mother of one um has she's done a couple of articles for us um around breastfeeding and returning to work because like you it's something she's very passionate about since becoming a mother and returning to work herself and realizing things like there's no paid breaks for for you know paid pumping yeah. breaks so she's so disgusted by that she set up a petition um mm -hmm. to create paid pumping breaks for mothers upon their return to work now this is in the UK so that petition is up and running at the minute and um you know that alone would give give um breastfeeding mothers a, a feeling of reassurance if they knew that they were going to have that because it's not just these breaks aren't just about providing breast milk for the children it's also for our own health and yeah. you know can you imagine having to go the whole work day without pumping when you're used to breastfeeding you know the engorgement the risk of mastitis you know there's so many reasons why ped pumping breaks make sense um, and certainly you know after doing some surveys and things through boobing it and hearing people's experiences of returning to work some have been fantastic they've been so well supported some even have breastfeeding supporters within their company and um, mm -hmm. there's a private room with a lock and key um, and their own fridge to store their breast milk in and then on the other side we're hearing from people like teachers paramedics who just can't see how they could possibly take a break to pump and they're not supported upon doing that they're not giving any alternatives like okay we'll have uh you know somebody cover your class while you go and pump for 15 minutes you know it's a really sad situation and in a lot of cases well not in a lot but in quite a few cases mothers have felt that either they need to stop breastfeeding before they return to work or they quickly give up breastfeeding yeah. upon return to work because it's more hassle than they can really deal with are, yeah. are you seeing anything like that about 
has there been anybody have, have any of your respondents talked about having to give up or they're thinking about giving up breastfeeding because of the work situation yeah so um we haven't dig deeply but i know uh, so we sort of asked those who didn't continue who wanted to continue you know whether um there were any barriers uh i think um i can't remember off the top of my head uh but certainly, you know, around 27% of them certainly said that the return to work was the main reason for not uh, stopping. Uh, but there was all sorts of barriers in terms of some of them simply said they didn't even ask because they didn't feel they would be supported or they didn't, you know, know. Um, but you mentioned teachers and actually, uh, you know, part of our survey, you know, we got quite a lot of uh, teachers um, responding to our survey, which I think reflects uh, you know these specific issues and again that you know you know it's not just you can't just pop off uh, in the middle of a class you know you're safeguarding issues and all sorts of things uh, and this is why it's from the employer's perspective to realize it's more than just simply saying there's a room uh, use it yeah 100 percent. there's you know each employer has to think about the, their own uh, workplace situation and things but the, th the yeah. key thing is that they need to think about it and they need to do uh you know their best by their employee if they want to continue yes. breastfeeding then they need to support that and find a way I know that certainly um one of our boobing at mamas um is a paramedic and she's written about how difficult it was returning to work as a paramedic on the road all the time on call mm -hmm. all the time how the heck was she going to safely yeah pump milk for her daughter and uh in the end she was given desk duty um if you know mm -hmm. so again it's not really for not really doing the job that she so passionately loves but it was the only safest way that she could continue to provide breast milk for her daughter um so you know that was an interesting case but yeah we we hear so much um back and I just hope over um over the years things will improve for uh, breastfeeding mothers I know certainly I felt whenever I returned to work with my daughter, as I mentioned, she was about nine months old. I was starting a brand new job. I was all gung-ho to start expressing milk on my break, on my lunch break. I was willing to basically eat my sandwich and pump milk at the same time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't given, my employers at the time said they would be supportive of me pumping and I could use, um, you know, the office space or whatever. Um, But I certainly wasn't given extra time to do that. And it was mm -hmm. kind of just, okay, you can do it over your lunch break. That's fine. Um, and then when it really came down to the wire of starting of, you know, going back, I just thought, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not used yeah. to pumping. I'm going into a brand new job. I don't really know these people very well. I didn't feel comfortable. So I decided rather heartbreakingly that I would start to wean my daughter off yeah. the breast. Now, we still had a nighttime feed, but I was weaning her off the daytime feeds in the run up to going back to work. And whenever I think back on that now, I'm kind of sad for myself that mm. I thought that I felt like that was yeah. something I had to do um, and I think there's so many people in my situation come when it came to baby number two I wasn't in the same situation I was um, and I was able to continue and I breastfed him well past a year and that was so that you know we stopped when we wanted to stop yeah. and there you know so the difference yeah but it's just like you say it's all about education it's all about awareness raising and this project that you're doing yeah. is is definitely doing that and I'm so pleased yeah. that it's happening and I'm excited for the final results but Sarah, for anyone who wants to get involved in the study, you said you opened up the survey again for for some, to, yeah. in the hopes of getting some more res, um, responses, which sounds amazing. So if anyone wants to get involved in the study or just wants to find out a bit more about the project that you're undertaking, how can they do that? Uh, so we've set up a number of ways because 
you know it's about awareness uh so i mean we have a variety we have a a web page um facebook page uh and you can follow us on twitter so we're sort of sharing it across all different platforms um i haven't yet uh got to grips with uh instagram yet um uh, but we also have a mailing list uh so uh yeah where you know at the moment you know the results are you know slowly building but we're hoping to have some preliminary results you know in, in the summer uh and to start uh sharing some of these uh yeah as you mentioned uh we have uh reopened our survey uh just in case there's anyone out there uh you know listening and feel actually i really want to, would like to contribute um uh we, we're also doing some interviews and focus groups and we've had an overwhelming response to these so we're not opening these to new expressions of interest but what we plan to do is sort of hold focus groups uh you know throughout the project you know when you know new results are coming in if there's something else that we want to look at so there you know there'll be ample opportunity to take part uh, later on and ultimately uh what we'd love is for some employers you know come and be some case studies for us um i always find you know mothers you know it's much easier for them to engage uh than employers who don't necessarily have you know that level of uh investment yeah. in the project findings so if anyone's listening that um you know who's running their own business or who thinks that their company would be open to being part of the study, then certainly get in touch with Sarah. We'll include all the links, you know, you've talked about there that your webpage links and your Facebook links, et cetera. So we'll include all those um, in our uh, roundup of this podcast episode on boobingit.com for those who uh, want to find out more. But Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. It was incredibly interesting to find out more about your project and why um, why it's, it's so significant. And uh, I'm looking forward, as I say, to finding out that, the results in G course. Thank you so much. Thank you to Pepeta for sponsoring this episode of the Boobing It podcast. Through their award-winning breast pumps and complimentary products, they are helping breastfeeding mamas have a more enjoyable and stress-free breastfeeding and pumping journey. You can find out more about Pepeta and shop their range of products online at pepeta.com. That's P-I-P-P-E-T-A.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find out the latest breastfeeding news and information on boobingit.com. And you can also join the Boobing It community on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you in the next show.